and welcome to Purposeful Empathy, a show dedicated to conversations with people who want to grow and spread empathy throughout the world. Welcome to an episode of Purposeful Empathy. I'm joined today by Rasha Kuti, who is the founder and chief facilitator at the Empathy University. I love it which is an organization that provides a one-stop solution for empathy education through certification programs, customized experiential workshops, and consulting projects. You are, she is a certified instructional designer on her way to becoming a certified empathic intervision facilitator. We'll have to ask what that's about. And prior to this empathy work, she was um, deeply involved in the corporate sector with organizations including Yahoo, Apple, Pearson, and McGraw-Hill. She's actively involved in social causes and has collaborated with some of the big and best educational pioneers in the world, including TEDx and Technovation. So thank you so much for being with me today, Rasha. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Well, Oh, well, great. I know you're, you're, you're in Kerala right now and uh, yeah. it's evening time for you. So um, thank yes. you for, for finding the, um, the energy to do an interview uh, late in the evening. Could you no start problem. by telling us about the backstory of uh, the Empathy University? I'm so keen to hear about this. All right. So, um... So I started uh, the Empathy University in around 2016, and uh, it came about because of this sudden realization. You know, after a point, um, I realized that I've, I've been through so many um, years when it comes to schooling, your, uh, you know, through the education system. And uh, when I was in one of my most, when I was going through one of the most difficult phases in life, that's when I kind of realized, uh, you know, all this nearly 20 years of uh, school, college, and I still am not capable or I'm just not, what do you say, well uh, equipped enough to face some of the obstacles when they hit me, right, you know, in life. And so where did things go wrong? And I realized that, you know, something is missing in the education system. And, and, and it was this thought that kind of, you know, uh, gave me the whole idea. And then around the same time, I also had to read uh, uh, the book To Kill a Mockingbird. And there's a very beautiful, um, you know, quote over there in the book uh, that says something like, you know, you can never really understand a person unless you step or, you know, step with, uh, you climb into his skin and walk around in it. And it, it really, uh, it, it touched me. And for some reason, uh, uh, you know, that kind of brought about a change. I began to you know, brainstorm on ideas. And, and that's how the Empathy University came into being. At that time, I was working at uh, Yahoo, and I, I quit my job. And then since then, I've been doing this. Now and then I take up consultation projects, but otherwise, it's been uh, more or less spreading empathy in the world. <laughs> so it really comes from a personal narrative of your own lived experience. And then you launched into entrepreneurship, even though you, that meant leaving like, a, you know, a status kind of job with the tech industry. So tell us, what does the Empathy University do? What does it offer? Uh, what are some of the initiatives that are happening uh, under your leadership? All right. So uh, we uh, started off providing a lot of workshops and uh, it was mainly focused on teachers teacher training and then we used to provide uh, workshops for students senior students 
and even the corporate uh, industry was a focus so it started out uh, this way again like i said it all began because you know they i felt there was um, a change that needed to be brought in the education industry so teacher training was a huge focus in fact educators uh, themselves so um, so we provide workshops uh, because of covid there has been a huge shift in its webinars these days i do a lot of webinars and uh, uh, i'm also uh, i also do consulting uh, basically companies sometimes ask like what is the best way to build a culture you know that that, that has empathy so recently a startup got in touch asking how um, you know uh, how right from recruitment to all the hr practices how do you embed empathy into it and so these are some of the consultation projects that i take up um and uh, we are also planning to launch um, a certification program it's called the empathic efficiency cert- uh, certification program and that hopefully will start off in december so that's a program where um, it's a three month course and uh, every two weeks we join in uh, for a live half day session and there's also study material there's also um, a lot of uh, homework that needs to be done and, and, and it's a three month course where a lot of concepts like uh, starts off with self empathy and then empathy how do you um, inculcate that into your personal life when it comes to even parenting and relationships and then goes on to how uh, to practice empathy in the professional space and at the end even adversarial empathy right people who have really hurt you or you know people you don't really like how do you practice empathy to that level so it's it's a three month course so these are some of the things that the empathy university is currently doing yeah so people let's say teachers right you're working with yeah. elementary school primary and secondary school teachers they would come you know into a course and you have let's say a curriculum over a period of number of weeks could you give me an yeah. idea of what a lesson would look like or sound like with a, a, a set of teachers sure sure uh, it's very experiential and and every concept that we discuss including empathy i usually try to uh, keep it uh, less of a theory and a lot of you know practice in the sense teachers uh, i usually give them a lot of scenarios and get them to do role plays right and uh, you know uh, even empathy i start off with showing them pictures and asking to empathize with you know the the people that they see in the pictures and later on when i actually sh- tell them the story behind who uh, uh, whose picture was actually shown it's 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 really nice to see uh, the way they transform because uh, because um, it also brings out prejudice right you know the way you would have thought someone is like you know when you see somebody and when they realize who the person actually is so um it's a lot of that and scenarios uh, life scenarios which usually happen in schools like between uh, students and teachers between students and uh, uh, parents and teachers you know the principal or whoever is involved like the management of the school so a lot of scenarios real life where empathy is needed and uh, so through experiential discussions and you know through um, a lot of activities is how they learn each and every one of the concepts and prejudice is something that i focus on a lot because i think it all starts there clearing out you know identifying our own assumptions and biases and then working on it is, is extremely important if you really want to uh, do empathy and lately i've been focusing a lot on self empathy as well right because without empathizing with with yourself it's kind of really difficult to empathize with others so yeah yeah so i want to ask one more question about the educational space and then we can move into the corporate space but so yeah. i i completely understand why teachers and then students by virtue of the teacher training 
um, you know, you can unpack some inherent biases and, 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 and look yeah. at that. Why do you feel, and this is sort of like at the fundamental core nature of the work you're doing, why do you feel that that's important? Why should children develop the capacity to empathize? They are the future of tomorrow. Like today's uh, or tomorrow's future, they're being raised in homes and schools today. And it's extremely important that they practice uh, empathy, they learn the skill and they kind of uh, see the world uh, through empathy. Uh, there's a lot of polarization around these days. There's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, difficulties around which I feel empathy can very powerfully eradicate. And that's something I've learned through my experience as well. Like every time I, uh, I take an empathy session, I feel it just makes me a better person, like at least by a small margin, you know, you just get uh, better when, when you're doing this sort of work. And uh, children, research has shown, I mean, and it's clear, like research is very clear on how much children can improve, like when they are brought up through empathy. I mean, the Roots of Empathy program that uh, Mary Gordon kind of started, it, 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 it's, uh, you know, it shows clearly how much of a change kids who underwent the program uh, could have, right, by the end of it. So I would feel that. And teachers, I feel uh, when they teach, or when they understand the perspective of their students and then teach, the impact they can have is, is uh, really, really huge. I mean, teaching, I feel, is one of the most important and one of the most powerful, um, you know, professions ever because everybody goes through education. Everybody, like teachers are the ones who make presidents. They are the ones who make politicians, even doctors, like any, any great professional for that matter. And which is why I feel they have a very powerful role. And teaching is not a job that is to be taken lightly. I mean, you're, you're building generations, influencing generations of kids, right? So that's, that's one space where I feel uh, empathy is extremely important. Yeah. Oh, I totally relate to everything you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yes, 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 yes. Um, so <laughs> if, we, if we transition to a little bit to talk about the corporate sector, um, you know, those are mostly adults that have fully formed ideas about the world and perspectives about the world and may have a, a degree of resistance to, you know, doing some empathy work with colleagues because it, I, I would imagine it requires a degree of self-reflection and vulnerability to do that work. So could you walk us through sort of some of what you are witnessing through, you know, teams at companies doing this work and the benefits and the upsides of it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, very often uh, what I've seen from my practice is that uh, workshops go well. People do, uh, you know, when they actually are very clearly given an idea about what empathy is and its benefits, that itself is enough for them to kind of, you know, relate to it and understand it's important. But... Um, you know, I have faced situations where people are like, no, I don't want to empathize. I mean, uh, th there is this area like, uh, I think towards the third day of uh, my uh, three day workshop, uh, where we go into adversarial empathy, where, you know, um, it, 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 in baby, you take baby steps where you first empathize with people who are close to you, and then you move to, you know, uh, home and then work. And then finally, when you come to people whom you don't really like, 
or people who um you know who at some point in life ha- has really hurt you and then you know asking people to empathize with them that's where sometimes i face uh, a bit of a difficulty i've had instances where uh, once there was a, a teacher who was very clear i mean i just don't want to empathize with this person they hurt me right and and what i've seen is over here again um connecting these concepts uh, really very very much to uh, their uh, you know own life experience right and not just theirs usually when it's a group uh, the group within if it's a three day workshop or a long longer uh, uh, it's a workshop that goes on for a longer period then what happens is the group forms a deep bond with each other right you know they become very vulnerable people are sharing their very deep personal experiences and everyone they become this very close knit family kind of um, you know a group and then what happens is one person shares a story but for example uh, once i was um, in a school in uh, ranchi like in in north india and uh, one of the girls she she volunteered she wanted to speak about you know so i give them an exercise sometimes like think about one situation where somebody has very deeply hurt you and let's then i encourage them to slowly step into the shoes of that person who hurt them and probably let's let's kind of have a discussion around it and there was this girl who started talking about her father and um, she said like there's no way i can empathize with him i hate him because you know he um because of uh, he's an alcoholic and he beats up my mom he beats me up and you know it's it's been a mess my life has been a mess and all kinds of problems and but but through discussion what i started noticing is you know when when uh, i started asking questions like have you ever thought of why your your father is probably behaving the way he is have you ever asked him how he's doing how he's feeling like whether he whether he's sad whether he's bitter like you know just and and some of the questions somehow resonated and and i remember after a point uh, she broke down and it, it it was a very emotional kind of um, a situation and she was talking about how she understands how important it is to kind of empathize and probably think from his perspective as well and and in fact she went home that day promising to sit down and have a conversation uh, with her dad where she's going to focus completely on her dad's feelings and needs and uh, get an understanding of it and then probably work things for the better so i've i've seen both right and when these kind of experiences take place in a workshop that is enough to convince some of the others over there who are resistant to kind of you know jump in and and uh, so that's what i've seen wherever the, there is resistance the other participants and their experiences kind of change you know the ones yeah. who are resistant yeah i found from my own teaching practice um in both of my classes that i teach i teach a leadership class and i teach a social entrepreneurship class and there's always one class devoted to storytelling so in my social entrepreneurship oh. class we use a practice from um marshall gans who teaches at the kennedy school called the public narrative so it's got a particular arch- architecture of storytelling and then in my leadership class it's a little bit more loose um where they learn some skills of storytelling mm-hmm. but as an art um as a, as a leadership skill you know how do you storytell to to engage yeah. people and what ends up happening is you know you've got a bunch of students 30 or 40 students and now it's all on zoom so there's even like a degree of of <laughs> formality that's embedded in in yeah. sort of the 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 medium but you've got students that uh, have impressions about each other based on you know whatever they look like and 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 how they yeah, dress yeah. and how they comport and how they engage and then through the the simple act of storytelling um it's amazing how the facades come down and in a 2 or 3 minute 
story, everybody's personality shines. And what I've noticed is that every student sort of steps up into this courageous, Mm. brave and safe space to share a little bit about themselves. And I almost feel like through cult, like the culture that we live in, even though we're completely networked and exposed on social media mm. um, and, and confident speaking up, um, th- there's, there's a, a sincere hunger to show up as a, on a more authentic level and, and sort of expose yourself. This is who I am in a non-judgment yeah. space. And there's just a, a like, a real desire for a sense of belonging. Uh, you've noticed that too? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And what I do is I begin with, uh, you know, um, I always ask them to introduce themselves in a way that's very personal. Like, you know, share your story, like tell us like, you know, things uh, that nobody knows about you. And so what happens is right from the introduction session when people start up, and, and I always begin with me, myself, like, you know, I, I start off in a very personal way. I, I tell them things about myself in a very personal way. And I, I've always felt that when facilitators themselves are vulnerable and authentic, that, that, that you know, kind of uh, encourages the others to do the same as well. And so I start off and then I've seen every other person, right from the introduction, when you get people to become, you know, very honest and vulnerable and, you know, very personal, that that builds the group into a very, you know, the cohesion just, you know, is there. And uh, they, they, they become very close-knit and, and then itself they know, okay. And, and also it's very important to kind of let them know that this is a very non-judgmental place, you know, uh, you know, probably talk about confidentiality, confidentiality a bit, because whatever is discussed here today is going to stay within the group kind of a thing. And I also encourage usually if it's a, a session for students, I ask teachers to stay away because, you know, students, they tend to open up more when, you know, people, um, anybody of authority is not around, right? Similarly in corporate, uh, you know, workshops, if managers are aware and it's just, you know, the team, then they tend to open up a lot better. So, um, yeah, I've seen the same. I've seen the same thing. Yeah. I'm sensing that you're feeling about empathy. Um, It's sort of a gateway, not only to a more fulfilling life, but also um, at a more macro level to a a more beautiful world. So when I think about the power of empathy, I think about, you know, if we can leverage empathy through purpose, right? I call it purposeful empathy. We could challenge the status quo of how our world and how our systems operate, right? We could have a more just and sustainable and equitable world. So I think that there's a political part to purposeful empathy but I also Mm. believe that there's a deeply spiritual part to and and potential of empathy could you just speak to that for a second for sure for sure and I would say that spiritual part of it it begins with self-empathy right I mean uh, it it all begins there so even um, uh, coming back to the certification program as well I'll I'll, uh, kind of club that as well into this (laughs) So uh, even in the certification program, it begins with, um, uh, so what I, what I plan to do is I plan to uh, send some study material first, right? Uh, there are six modules. So the first module will reach you today. And then next week, we are going to regroup into, you know, for a half day session, live session. And by that time, this, uh, along with the study material, there'll also be some uh, parts to it where some reflection uh, questions will be given. So you, you come prepared with some experiences from your life to the discussions, right? And that's what we discuss. And it, it, it's, again, going to be one of those very personal and very uh, you know, experiential sort of discussions. 
and uh, which is why i take uh, i plan to take only 5 to 6 uh, members per batch right you know very small because uh, um, i believe in i believe that's important smaller the group deeper the impact and you know the cohesion right so um, so then what happens is uh, they go back and there'll be some activities so whatever actionable items they kind of come out uh, you know uh, with at the end of the uh, half day session they're going to go and implement it so that is going to be the homework right you know you, uh, there, there will be some very actionable tiny uh, bits which uh, they, they can go back and implement in their day to day life and uh, through uh, probably for the next one week they'll have to um what do you say take down notes on what exactly they are doing and then come back so it's going to be that cycle and there are six modules like that and out of which two of them are on self empathy that's what that's where we begin right two of the modules so i would say almost um uh, i would say four weeks are dedicated just to self empathy because that's how important it is right so the spiritual aspect of it i would say um begins with going into yourself right observing like your thoughts loving your thoughts i mean your uh, you know noticing what are the judgments that you make of yourself right it all begins there and then once once you gain an understanding of that then it becomes much more easier to every time you see a person to empathize with them and you, instead of projecting your feelings or projecting the negativities that lie inside you instead you will you you'd actually look for the good if you are able to forgive yourself make peace with yourself then it will be easier for you to forgive others and to make peace with others right and uh, one thing that uh, you know has helped me a lot is the realization that at the end of the day um, what we are is basically a mix of i would say nature and nurture it's genes and the environment right these together make us what we are and in the limit so and then we make choices you know within the limits of this uh, nature and nurture that, that that's how we, that's how i believe or see like as people as and then if somebody else that you really hate or someone you know it can even be a politician that you kind of like you know don't really uh, like if we were put in their place right if we had the same set of genes and if we had we grew up in the same sort of environment what guarantee do we have that we would turn out different we would probably be exactly as they are or probably even worse right you never know so that realization always makes it easier for me to love people like everybody that i see around like you know sometimes there are uh, people i genuinely do not agree with and uh, you know do not really enjoy being around but at the end of the day looking at the humanizing right you know just looking at them as human beings with feelings and with dreams and with a story that makes it a lot more easier and one thing i always stress on is um, that it is possible to really um, empathize with one person without agreeing to them in the sense these are two very different things agreeing to somebody's opinion and empathizing with them they're very different i think a lot of people think that you know by empathizing with somebody i don't like or you know um, someone who has hurt me then then i'm agreeing to them you know it, it's like i'm saying that they are right but that's that's not the case so um, there needs to be a clear understanding of that right you know you can really dislike a person's opinion dislike a person's behavior or actions and yet empathize with them like really think from their perspective so yeah i think all this is part of i would say it's all a part of being spiritual right at the end of it uh, all these add 
to the spiritual values that you have? Well, I'm, I'm hearing certainly that this work um, is healing. And I, I hear you use the word love um, and it's very powerful to imagine that you could love everyone and have empathy for everyone in the world. So as a final thought, you know, in a best case scenario, the work of empathy scales across a couple of generations. What would the world look like in your mind? Oh, wow. <laughs> it would look awesome. You know, it, it, it would be a beautiful place to live. Uh, for me, it's been one of the biggest issues that eat me up almost on a daily basis. When I open the news, it is the polariz polarization that there is. And one thing I keep stressing on everybody I speak to who's in the empathy uh, space, who works in the empathy space, I always like, especially to uh, my advisors, Ledavai and Catherine, I always tell them how we all should just get together and do something uh, to build empathy in the online space. Because these days, that is where people spend most of their time. But the kind of videos and the kind of comments and, you know, the way people treat each other sometimes online, it's so sad and it's so difficult. It becomes painful sometimes, right? And, and um, I know this is a very difficult topic and I usually don't bring it up, but religious polarization is one thing that kind of like really hurts. Uh, you know, it cuts through deep. I mean, uh, and racism, these are all things that, you know, I, I, they must, you know, be slowly like, you know, uh, taken out of the system that we live in. And I feel all of us have a responsibility to do that. And uh, while the social uh, media has uh, improved our lives in a lot of ways, it has also somehow, you know, added to the polarization and to the, uh, you know, to the hatred as well. So, yeah, it's a dream to have a world <laughs> like the one you talk about, where there is empathy being practiced for everybody, there's no hatred, and there's only love. And it is possible. That's what I feel. It is a world that is a possibility, but it's just that each and every one of us has got to intentionally and mindfully right, practice, you know, empathy and compassion and these sort of things. And I think it all begins right from the from kids, right? So parenting, education, these are all extremely important and it all needs to begin there within a home and then schools and then corporates. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending uh, part of your evening with me and our viewers to share what you're doing with the Empathy University. And I'm, I'm really touched and I wish you the best yeah. and best of luck. Thank you so much, Anita. It's, it's, it's a pleasure and I'm so glad I got this opportunity to talk to you. We'll be in touch. <laughs> we'll be in yeah. touch.